Welcome to the second episode of The Horrors of Love. I'm your host, Jeanette Wall. In this series, I discuss what we can learn from the genre of horror about dating, sex, love, and relationships. This week's guest is Bella Mazzetti. Bella and I met playing rock shows together in college, and her band would eventually release their music with my old bedroom label, Miss Grant Records. These days, we end up talking more and more about horror films, and she was immediately someone I thought of to have as a guest on the podcast. This episode, we discuss Barbarian, the horror hit from last year, directed by Zach Krager. Be mindful when listening to this episode as we do discuss sexual violence. Please listen with care. Also, we do get into all the details, so listen after you watch the movie. Without further ado, here's Barbarian. Today, we are talking about one of the newer films on the Horrors of Love film list, Barbarian. From 2022, this film is directed by Zach Krager, famously of Whitest Kids You Know, a staple of my high school comedy obsession. It's a wonderful, fun, deep, punchy film, and I am so excited to discuss it with my dear friend who I've known for many years. She's a public health nerd and educator famous for shredding and the miscreant records rock band jawbreaker reunion and she's one of my favorite people to talk about horror movies with please welcome bella Mazzetti. Uh, thank you so much for having me Jeanette. oh my god this is so much fun <laughs> i love you too this is like you are one of my like you're like one of the people that i like trust who's like i feel <laughs> Because so few people are are equals in the department of horror film in our immediate vicinity. It's like, I'm so excited to talk to you. This is like, I was like, oh my God, literally like the second person I thought of to talk to. Ah, Thank you so much. And yeah, like every time I see a horror film, I feel like we text each other or like, slide into each other's dms like what did you think like like have you seen it like you're one of the first people that i like to debrief with such an honor Um, same (laughs) so i'm and i'm super stoked because i haven't reacted to like a horror film this way in a while so i'm just so excited to talk to you about it what was the last one you feel like made you get amped like this um probably a very different vibe, but probably hereditary because it felt so new. It felt yes. so fresh. Yes. And I feel like it's something that can't really be replicated, but like so many people have tried in the years since. But it's like very millennial horror. Like it's like yeah. using these plot devices specifically from our youth or like cultural references i think also just the virality of the new found fandom like the way that it like like when was the last time an indie like a sort of oh 
shit. like indie horror film like grew in theater sizes. Right. Right. I mean, I guess like another film that just came to mind for me was obviously The Witch. I love Robert Eggers. I love him. I'm so excited for Nosferatu. There's been whisperings about the Nosferatu film for years. Um, It's going to be gay. I'm I'm manifesting (laughs) it. Just based off the lighthouse alone, I'm like, let's go. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there there are, I, I think horror, like you said, there's this millennial horror that is happening that is giving us something new while still remaining a part of the horror genre. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, very... um, It's very plugged into the films that came before it and paved the way while also challenging what the medium can do. Yes. I think it's, like, very exciting. Yes, It's very exciting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess is... Would you say horror is your favorite genre? Yes. I mean, I would say that it's a tie. It's a toss-up between horror and comedy and that horror and comedy are flip sides of the same coin. Exactly. They're Um, crossing on the same buttons. Yes. Yes. They are both about, like, subverting your expectations. One to make you scared and one to make you laugh. And sometimes they can combine to create something really beautiful, which is what Barbarian totally is. And is it... I feel like that's no mistake, like, some of the most prolific horror directors... Yes, Jordan Peele. Exactly. They come from comedy backgrounds. Yeah. They come from having... Because I think you're using similar muscles, right? Like yes. you're, you're trying to get a reaction in a very short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. And like you're trying to play with emotions in the same way, I guess. Yeah, you're like, what do, what do they think is going to happen and what can I do to, to kind of fuck with that yeah. <laughs> to like fuck with their notion of of what will happen i mean in comedy i'm specifically thinking of the abraham lincoln whitest kids you know sketch. <laughs> yeah. oh my god i'm like that w- i'm not i think that was like one of the hardest i've ever laughed like <coughs> has 16 year old jeanette was dying like oh my was- god you know i i watched one recently where the skit was that actually Zach Kreger was the director of a film. <laughs> oh my God. It, Premonition. Yes. And he was directing two actors in this like mystery. And they were, it, they were like cops looking at a crime scene and it was very, very gloomy and dour. And after one of the takes, he comes in and gives them some like very like positive feedback, but also some good direction. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you're a cop, like you're, and your parents died when you were kids. And the reason that you want to be a cop (laughs) is because of like, (laughs) of stuff like this. Like you want to solve these crimes so badly and it affects you deeply. So you did a really great job but what I'm going to need you to do is just That's do, it, do it to the... happier and with your mouth open, wide open. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably literally what he did to fucking 
<laughs> Bill Skarsgård, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. I you're, mean, <laughs> you're peeking into the window, man. Yeah, I just thought it was super uh, fun that he was a director in that skit. And he was taking something horrific and making it <laughs> fucking hilarious. Wow. Um, yeah, and also like a huge part of my high school personality. Literally same. Yeah. Like, yeah. informs so much of my sense of humor. Yeah. And like, like, especially like late, middle, early high school, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Like same with, you know, just the, like watching um, a lot of IFC, just watching a lot of IFC because I had I cable. Lonely Island. Like, yeah. Loved Awesome Town. Shout out to the boo. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So for those who can't realize Bella and I are both deeply millennial it's yeah uh, yeah and that's probably why I mean I think that's why this film speak like so many of us are drawing from this that same like well of inner like early mid internet content like yeah the pacing of it is divine whatever he's tapping into so yeah yeah, I mean what no go go off yeah Another film, but, like, speaking of, like, millennial early internet horror, have you seen We're All Going to the World's Fair? That's exactly what I was thinking yeah, about, too. Yeah, like, it's for totally, sure. I was, like, the person yeah. who made this film, yes. she has been on albinerblacksheep.com. Like, it's... Oh, <laughs> fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm so excited because Jane Schoenbrunn, they're directing, like, a new film. Uh, with oh my Fred God. Durst in it. <laughs> yes. They, don't they live in your hometown or something? I, I shout out, I was going to the barbecue place in my town. It's in upstate New York. And I think they were there scouting. because they, Because they actually filmed We're All Going to the World's Fair in my husband's hometown. It looks um, extremely that. Like very, yes. very like Middletown, New York. <laughs> um and i think she was i think they were probably scouting and just was going to pick up my barbecue and saw them talking to someone and i was a little stoned (laughs) and i did not want to go up but i just you know shout out jane schoenbrunn like love 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 that film and so excited yeah so excited for the next yeah Sorry, but like when you said no, when you said like early internet horror, that was immediately what I thought about. I mean, um, it's the it same was captured well. so well in in that film too. Very yeah. different, but like kind of like two ends of the same spectrum. Like this sort of suburban malaise. Like it's, yeah, if the if the, like you know, it's giving post nine eleven. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's, it's giving Toby Keith on the radio. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Toby so yeah, Keith. I mean, and I think especially like. Not Toby Keith. Not Toby <laughs> Keith. I feel like a lot of these films that I sort of put into millennial horror, like Raw definitely falls mm. into that category. Yeah. I think films like Speak No Evil, Now on Shutter, Hard Plug. It's a lot about cars. It's a lot about <laughs> it's no it's no mistake that this film is set in Detroit, the former automobile capital of the world. Mm. It's very climate crisis, it's very patriarchy, it's very anti-capitalism. Mm. It's 
yeah, I think that there's a lot of interesting little reads. And I think why I chose it for the podcast is basically, I, I, I think especially the first act of the film is such a supremely painful distillation of millennial romance culture, especially in like straight relationships. It's sort of like this... It's just like dating in a nutshell about where we are in feminism and rights and things like we're just in this like post, I don't know, this like post Me Too era that's so tender and weird and men are so unable to like, anyways, we, Bill Skarsgård is the reason we're doing this episode. (laughs) Let's talk about Bill Skarsgård's casting. I think that's like kind of maybe central to this conversation what did you think when you first saw him i mean of course he is fucking typecast as like a creepy weird dude always so immediately and and obviously also from the early kind of descriptions of the film that you got you were like all right he's he's the bad guy our boy is doing his his thing yeah this is we know him as Pennywise. Like, he literally says in the film, what, do I look like a monster to you? And it's like, yeah, you look like fucking Pennywise, bro. Yeah, like, it's like, you are, you are it. Brilliant. You are, you are it. You are the titular it. Yeah, I mean, he it's, does a great job. I kind of missed him. <laughs> I kind of missed his character. Oh, my God, yes. Cause, like, for the rest of the film. Yeah, I was talking to someone about it yesterday. It's kind of like the shit layer cake of misogyny mm-hmm. and like, and Bill Skarsgård is kind of like the slightly bearable frosting that's on the outer layer of the Justin Long's the Frank the yeah um the sort of central barbarian totally all the barbarians listed right you know first act of this film that felt like a romantic comedy right right it was almost a it was a meat cute yeah it was like he, a creepy fucking meat cute yeah i mean the one thing i have to say though is why his toothbrush on the ground i knew exactly. why the fuck was his toothbrush on the ground <laughs> i knew what you were gonna say oh my why god why was his toothbrush on the ground oh, i'm so yeah, concerned i'm so disgusted like i understand <sighs> like the cord was long enough bro like like i I'm worried I about guess, I guess there wasn't any counter space on the sink, but, like, find, <laughs> find a way. Find a way. Put it in the bedroom. Yeah. I, I just... mean, like, come on. That Dude. was... That that was disturbing <laughs> that was on its much. own. Yeah, well, that, was, sure. that should have been her first clue. Here's the thing. Some men I've talked to have been low-key team Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. where they're like... He was really nice. He was chill. That was, they were going to date. It would have been really cute. I personally do not feel that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Bill? You know, my initial thoughts were not too, like, deep into it. I was like, it's kind of funny. It's kind of, like, hilarious that he ended up just kind of being a nice dude and like not that creepy and like obviously like very obviously trying not to come off as creepy like he was hyper aware of it which can be a good thing but it can also be like as weird 
yeah, and overbearing. I'm... And the more I watched the film, which was three times <laughs> in a month, twice in 12 hours, like important, important, I, just important information. Important work. The more I watched it, the more uncomfortable with his character I was, even though I knew that he was not. I think like, the script is very the deliberate, perpetrator. right? Yeah, totally. Like, it feels deceiving the way that he's non-threatening. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, if you want to come in, hang out, it's dry. There's right. a lock. There's a lock on the door. Like he's really underlining. Like she can't figure out these safety measures for herself, or she's not capable of making these judgments for herself. It's this like really latent misogyny. Like he's. He's telling her, I would never let a woman sleep on the couch. That's not the way I was raised. There's a point where early in there, like once they get hanging out and they sort of feel each other out, she says something about her ex being like the guy who thinks and thinks love and control are the same thing. And it feels very much like Bill is trying to control her perception of him. And it's like, this is the problem. You can't just be yourself because you're like so wrapped up in like how your gender night dynamics are happening so yeah. it just he also says that's a pretty name when she's i know oh yeah it's so right? like oh i didn't yeah like and the more unnecessary watched, weird the more i watched it the more same as you i felt like more turned off by him and more like this this script feels too intentional to like yeah. have just sort of planted those little yeah. seeds that are totally signaling. And of something. course, as we know from his ID, which she like very smartly looked at and took a picture of, he's from fucking Brooklyn, so can't trust a dude in Brooklyn. He's from okay, <laughs> and he's okay. This is okay. This is what I have to say. He's a white man. In Detroit, right. telling a black woman yep. she must interview him about jazz. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not the guy, but I'm one of the guys. That's Ugh. so, ooh. I know. That, ooh, 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 that line. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's the music industry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It really, really feels, yeah, very real (laughs) yeah no I know that guy I literally know that guy but I think like hearkening back to what you said about this being a very like me too adjacent film he is very hyper aware about certain elements of his masculinity certain elements of his masculinity in a way that I think a lot of men have been forced to be but a uh, They're missing the other part. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more to it, and also like being forced to reckon with something doesn't necessarily mean that you've come to terms with it. Um, mm. So, like, being aware that you need to, you know, make women feel safe, but not necessarily understanding fully why. You know, mm. which I think yeah. is really reflected in the basement scene. I mean, he doesn't believe her. Yeah. I mean, that's so, it's so like, it feels like. That's me too, like reflection. Absolutely right there. really the inversion of the literal storyline about Justin Long. Yeah. And it's like, the, (laughs) 
I love that we're already here. Yeah. Like this is where we this is where this film lives. It lives yeah. in the space of like where I think it could also like it's also a fun horror film with really good jump scares, but it's so rich. There's a lot feel- packed packed into it. Without feeling overwrought right. either. It's like super digestible, but also like you could pick away at it endlessly. And yeah. I think that's like one of the most, I mean, I think that's the same thing that we could say about a lot of Jordan Peele's movies. Like there's just so many layers yes. of like visual references, even like he's using the full palette of the of the screen. Like one of the things I really stuck out to me in this latest viewing was obviously he's like pushing the wine, like really pushing yeah. the wine or the, like, and the tea or anything. Yeah. Like really like feeling like the wine is going to like l- unlock this relationship. Yeah. And be I the icebreaker. <laughs> I think the thing I noticed, and maybe this is just by circumstance, but it seems like alcohol functions the same way for all of the three major male characters in the movie. All three of these dudes have this weird relationship with alcohol where it's like Bill Skarsgård can't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's the scene that really stuck out to me this time was when you see Frank walk into the house in the 80s flashback. Mm -hmm. There's booze all over there's booze bottles everywhere it's like yeah and then in his little lair it's like all crushed up beer cans exactly and then justin obviously our good friend justin yeah (laughs) shout out like the most lovable man and like just like such a fantastic actor and also so good at being such a piece of shit like like, i just have to say like i think that's like he is sort of the inversion of Bill Skarsgård because, right, because you have like even in the casting choice, because it's like you have for Bill Skarsgård, you have all this terrible will. You're like, this motherfucker is the killer for yeah. sure. Have you seen his teeth? In yeah. it? Like, let's go. <laughs> but his, his eyes, his eyes, his beautiful, terrifying eyes. Yeah, they are beautiful. And, and then you have Justin, who's like built up all this amazing will for being even in horror films, the good guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's the like last a, boy. He's, yeah, he's like a final guy. He's a final boy. <laughs> he's a final final baby boy. He's a scream king. Just, he's a scream king. He is I would say. Yeah. Scream. Amen. Oh yeah. my God, yes. This is why we love him. Yeah, I love him yeah. so much. Like, uh, Jeepers Creepers was one of my first favorite horror Same. films. Same. It was one of the first ones. I saw, like, an edit of it on, like, UPN or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, of course, Justin was also in Tusk, which was oh. fucking insane. Like Insane film. I Another comedian doing horror, and honestly, I think, like, he should do more horror. <laughs> Dude, he should. Like, because... like it's, it's camp. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Like, literally, because comedians are like, they want to push the they want to push the envelope just a yeah, little bit the, more. Push the freak you out just in a yeah. really weird, fucked up way. Yeah, like, And I, I think that's also why they can pack so much into a yes. film. Like, there's always two. There's always the reality and there's always the extreme that represents the reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the perfect combination to make a horror film. Yeah, because. The extreme can be so extreme. It can be a giant incest dungeon. Yep. With 
a video about breastfeeding in it. Like, right. I just, like, oh my god, oh my god, that video. So, <laughs> yeah, so it feels like you know we're we're kind of teased. It's similarly, have you seen Audition? Do you yes. know this film? Yes. Yes. Similarly to Audition, sort of teased with the formula that activates our part of the brain that's like rom-com. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's like reacting to the like wave of 90s and 2000s super problematic <laughs> romantic comedies sure. that this generation knows and loves and was like completely raised on. And yes. like, we're totally not in therapy for for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And we're not all addicted to dating apps because of these this is my hashtag hot takes. Uh, like, I mean, we're yes. all fucked up from like thinking relationships, learning about relationships from film. And I think like this film shows you why that's fucked up because ultimately right. it's all, it's all capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's my other thing. Here's my other, like, okay. So obviously it's in Detroit. Yes. There's a couple things. I feel like this the thing that this film does the best is dropping little hints of things with like diegetic sound and like random lines of diet. Like it's it, but it doesn't feel obvious like what it's doing. For instance, the reason she can't find a hotel room is because there's a big pharma convention. Right. And I'm like, wow, that's a really sly way of sneaking a little Big Pharma being the root of all problems. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Also, like, conventions always, always, like, try to capitalize on places that have, like, uh, that are a little bit, that can be a little bit destitute. Like, not saying that Detroit is, but there are definitely areas of every major city outside of, like, every major city that. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. Definitely not a place that American capitalism has been kind to. <laughs> like, Definitely. Definitely. I think it's kind of no mistake. Thinking about the 80s flashback, there is this fish islands, especially around the car. Mm-hmm. And when he gets in the car and he's driving the car to the store, he's stalking these women and pretending to be whenever he's looking through his power, his, dude. Exactly. It's like really... You also hear these commercials about used car dealerships and credit cards and not needing good credit. And it's like all these things that are like, like sort of like medical convention or like any conventions would are sort of sucking down like the resources of this already resourceless community. Right. Just taking advantage of people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, one, one like real life example that I'm thinking about is recently there were... There was like a public health convention, I believe, that was planned for Puerto Rico because it would have been very cheap for them. And like, yeah, of course, but and, it's like no and thought like, to what that does to yeah, the yeah, and like Puerto people. Ricans are suffering right now, like because the U.S. government continues to forsake them and just like continues to fuck with them, and people are profiting off of it and benefiting from it, and that's like. Kind of what I thought. That's one of the things that I thought about when, when he was talking about the conferences too. Just like little, you know, like little gentrification points and like these these cities that are economically segregated. 
it seems like a much more self-aware use or a much more dynamic use of the city of Detroit as a setting in a horror movie because mm-hmm. it's reflecting the horrors that are in the city itself. All of this to say, big pharma aside, it's pretty much reflective of what's the entire country is. So, <laughs> totally. um, just thinking about like, because there are these little nods and and whatnot. Who do you think is the barbarian? If we were to like take it all the way back, it's Frank. But then it's okay. also definitely uh, AJ, Justin Long's character, and. The mother is just, like, an unfortunate soul who is, like, I get, like, so much of a compulsory motherhood vibe, like, Mm. from that character. That's, like, really what I felt from that character and, like, what I felt that was almost a comment on. That, Mm. like, breastfeeding video that's been playing for however many years and is, like, probably the only thing that would play. And that's and, all yeah. that that that's all that she knows. And um, how many like sex ed classes does that represent <laughs> for? You yeah, know, the yeah, for system? sure, for sure. So like that character like actually broke my heart. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Like it was like it was like so sh- fucking unexpected. Like she was so unexpected. Yeah, um, and she's she's kind of the manifestation of the man who thinks love and control are the same thing. Yes. It's like, and like how society treats women. Yes. It's so like fucked. This man's like, damn, Zach Krieger, why'd you have to go this hard, bro? Yeah, like, he, he really fucking did it. Like, did you, did you notice that the street that they're on is Barbary Street? Yes. <laughs> like, like, okay, so I'm got just it. like, that's maybe that's like the monster, the, the Quote, the barbarian mom. is the structure, is the right. system like, isn't itself. That, isn't that kind of funny? Like that, I don't believe wow. in coincidence in in film. No, really. definitely not. So, there's too many. Like, there's too many underlying. Yeah, for sure. So like that's something that I think is really interesting as well. But yeah, no, like definitely AJ's character because he has his like his whole like denouement at the end where they're like in the water tower with the dude who saves her, who saves Tess, well, who tries to save Tess. Like, he has this whole, like, kind of monologue. Like, I hurt somebody, and that matters, and maybe I'm a bad person, but maybe I'm just a good person who did a bad thing, and I have a Mm -hmm. chance to make it up. And as soon as he has a chance to do that, he fails and, like, actually does something completely (laughs) opposite of that. So I think, like... Yeah, that and yeah. So I think he's definitely one of them. I think I think the barbarian is it's plural, you know. Well, and it's like even though he doesn't live in that house, as we learn in one of the best cut twos of cinema history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go from Bill Skarsgård's oh. imminent demise as being this like you know, pseudo-feminist version of masculinity. Smash cut 
to Justin Long singing Ricky Tiki Tavi by Donovan. Yes, yes. With the, through Malibu with the, through with Malibu, the convertible down. Just living his best life. Honey, which, honey, we're not in Detroit anymore. No. Which, one second, though. Because, like, I was like, why, why did she kill Bill? <laughs> like, why do you think she smashed his head in? I feel like that's another, I mean, we don't have to unpack that, but that's like, a, you know, why, you know, like, why did she kill him, but then not immediately kill AJ? Whoa. Right? Like, I haven't thought like, about that. Like, that also has to have something to do with that, like, just like what that whole first act represents. I feel like we could really connect yes. it back to... I think maybe, it, maybe like the longevity of like a millennial relationship. <laughs> and it was fucking violent too. Like it didn't have to go that she didn't have to smash his face into a rock that hard. <laughs> I mean, maybe she was sort of satiated by having Tess as a child for however many weeks. She was feeling a little nicer than, mm. than maybe she was whenever a man just, another man just walked in. Yeah. That, you know. Without knowing Tess was there. Yeah. It's such a good point. I mean, why do you, why do you think she, she, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. That's why I asked. (laughs) We need to. Okay. But maybe, I mean, like. Write in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Like, subscribe. Tag, tag Zach. Let's tag Zach. Let's go. Please write in the com write in the comments like why did why did she kill Bill? I'm just interested to, in knowing. Like I thought it was interesting <laughs> that he was the only character who she immediately killed, aside from the guy in the water tower, who like I assumed was because she thought he was a threat. Maybe he tried to attack her. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Or maybe she thought that he was trying to attack Tess or maybe Mm. maybe she thought that or she knew that he was a threat because he was tall and like, (laughs) well, maybe he could like like, duke it out face to face. He kind of like, yeah, that's that's another thing. like Like, that's another thing. They look very similar. The actors. So, like, that's one thing in my first viewing of the film. I was like, how does he connect to Bill? Because I was still, throughout the entire time I was watching it, still trying to connect him to, like, how he was the villain or how he was involved. You know? But he wasn't. Um, But, yeah. So, that's, yeah. Maybe he's their son. Yeah. That's That's one thing that I was really thinking because I think that this film also opens itself up to, like, a greater universe. Totally. Of, like, prequels, sequels, spinoffs, etc. Like, so, okay. So I just wanted to mention that really quickly before we went to Act 2. Sorry. No, I mean, well, and I think that this is the thing, right? Like, the, the connection is that the quote-unquote owner of the house, despite whoever lives in the deep, dark basement yeah of this this barberry house justin long technically has the deed so he may not be like actively doing the same thing that frank is doing in using that house but he's exercising the same kind of violence against women yes he's really inheriting it in a way (laughs) 
And I think that, you know, you you have the smash cut to Malibu. To Malibu and truly a transportative shot. It's very God, uh, Austin oh Powers to spy who shagged me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It was completely that. It's like the same. I was like, that's the same clip. But it's, uh, yeah, he, Justin Long gets a phone call where he's basically told that he's been canceled. Yeah. And. Sucks yeah, to suck. It, it was definitely very affecting. It felt like the script was heavily informed by. Yeah. You know, potentially like real conversations. It felt. Yeah, it felt super real. Like. <laughs> Definitely, like, felt his frustration and also was, like, he, Justin Long is so perfect for that role because he makes you want to be sympathetic towards him. Exactly. I think that's exactly why he was cast, too. Because it's like, otherwise, you're not going to want to watch that character. You already have a Frank that's, like, embodying the shittiest shit shit. And you need someone who's sort of... Uh, giving you some levity yeah he's the comedic relief we have this sort of like iconic hollywood downfall i'm kind of feeling like there's a some kind of connection between this reference to jazz and the music industry Mm -hmm. and hollywood Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. and these like very problematic industries right right and the industries that are generally gatekept by men yeah um yeah so so yeah I, I think his character definitely, like, he he makes you want to be sympathetic. He makes you want to think that he is, like, this poor soul who this, like, unfortunate false accusation has occurred to. When, and it's, like, when that's very, very unlikely to happen in the first place, a false accusation. And then, like, once he goes home and, like, sees his friend, who is Zach Greger, um... That's Zach Kreger in that bar role. Um, and they're drunk. And they're drunk. Yeah. And and they're just like guys being dudes having a bro to bro moment. And he's like, listen, be straight with me. Like what happened? And he reveals that he did coerce her into having sex, yes. which is sexual assault. And he didn't see that as a problem at all, which I think is so inherent in rape culture and just like in our culture in general that has been sort of checked by the Me Too movement, but this kind of like lack of understanding of the spectrum of sexual assault and the spectrum of harm. I mean, it's like insane how recently the game was released. Like, yeah, it's, it's like these like manifestations of like acceptable misogyny. Yeah. It's like, an acceptable violence that not 20 years ago were comedic. Like that book was one of the best selling. Like I'm just bringing up the game because I feel like it embodies Justin Long's like, and his friends characters, like their relationship. I'm just like, are you talking you're... about the Michael Douglas movie? I'm talking about the, no, no, no. I'm talking oh, about the book. <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> oh my God. Kind of. Um, oh my God. I'm kind like, I'm of like, talking. What are, are you talking about oh like, my god okay the game <laughs> oh my Michael god Douglas movie. i'm like what i'm trying to figure out how no it's <laughs> it's a book um 
It's a book from 2005 that's basically about pickup culture and a guide on how to neg and abuse women. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's it, like sort of yes. purported, purportedly tells the story of a secret society of pickup artists who are all oh my incredibly God. Yeah. mentally ill and deeply misogynist. But it was like one of the best selling books. And it was like it came out like, I, you know, le- less than 20 years ago. Like, it's crazy. Got it. OK. Um, This like sort of bro weird coercion culture because so much of it is coercion so much of it is about like belittling women so they sleep with you yeah have you seen there used to be a show on vh1 called the pickup artist that guy is from the book he's famous from the book yes yeah like that was on tv and completely acceptable like like that was okay so like and okay so I'm just going to go back to, like, the spectrum of harm really quickly because, like... Please, go toward, off. Towards the end of the film, when AJ is confronted with Frank and his videos, he reacts very negatively to them. Like, he is traumatized by them. He throws up. Obviously, like, sexual assault, like I said, is a spectrum. And, like, viciously attacking someone like that is very, very different than coercing someone to sleep in you. But it's still... It's harmful. the same. It's the um, same it, rot. It, it's, it's the it, same it's, seed. It's still harm, and it's still like exactly. It's it's seeded from the same root. So I thought that that was interesting. That like he saw that he was confronted by that, and then he had this whole monologue about being a good person. Also, I want to say that to the point of how devoid of love and respect for women this character has. He literally hangs up on his mom as she's saying, I love you. Yes, yes. And then answers his phone. <laughs> Suffagot. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, like, and, and he's embodying it so well. Yes, and he's making it like. Yes, he is such a good asshole. Like, he's so oh, good. Such a good asshole. Like, such a lovely asshole. He really does, like, he, he like, embodies capitalist misogyny. Like, it's so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like, yes, I can't wait to talk about it's that. Yeah. Like, it's really just like he's we go from this guy who is so obsessed with this woman knowing that he's safe, that he won't open a bottle of wine in front of her. Right. To this guy who literally is a pop like his only motivation for apologizing for all of the shitty stuff he does. And he does a lot of shitty stuff mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Y'all Justin Long is like shitting on yes. everyone. Yes. He's even hanging up on his mother. <laughs> but he only apologizes for fear of losing his job. Yes. Like and he will do anything to maintain his job wealth and status. Yeah. Motivated by capitalism. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Life's not so nice when you uh can't pay for your shit. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons he goes to Detroit is because this guy his wealth manager, quote unquote, is telling him he has to go sell his house, the aforementioned Barbary house. Yes. And he's like devastated. And it's like, listen, you know what? Obviously, we live in this society where people can be rehabilitated. But guess what? If you are sexually violent towards someone, you don't get to have a wealth manager. Like, that's, like, that, that's, them's the breaks, bro. Like, this is, like, I just feel like that's, Well, and his wealth manager knew that. And then he's, like, he's, everyone was, everyone, 
And also everyone believed that he did it. Cause like, which, you know, doesn't always, it doesn't always happen like that, but yeah, like, except for his bro. Yeah. Well, and even his bro, like he is not, you know, but, it's but, not he like, yes. go off, go off, go off. What I love about, about that cameo and that conversation is that like, you can kind of feel the gears in his friend's head turning as yeah, he tells the totally. story. And he's like, oh, you definitely did it. Like, you yeah. did you did all of that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, like, you as the viewer, too. You're like, you're oh, like, oh, you are you a def- piece of shit. Like, <laughs> you fully did that. Yeah. You know you did it. Yeah. And he calls her drunk and is yeah. like, apologizing Ugh. for offending her well yeah that hey, apology was per like perfectly i hope you're know. not mad at me if you call me back i'll apologize to you again missing the whole point that yeah. he actually hurt someone yeah. like it's not i'm sorry i made you feel that way like yeah like i'm sorry if anything i did offended you like oh god yeah uh, like so I wrote, he, yeah no go go go, 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 go. you like how can this apology meet any mean anything when he's like literally funding this Frank dude living in the basement? Right. Right. <laughs> like with, with a, whether he knows it or not, and he's like, still perpetuating the cycle. He's like obviously like an Airbnb air too, like the worst the worst kind of like thing. sucking like dry. Property, yeah. Like the property an, like, dude. He's a fucking landlord. <laughs> And honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry, Glenn, if you ever listen to this, but fuck landlords. My landlord's sorry, Glenn. name is Glenn. Yeah. Sorry. My sorry, landlord's Glenn. name is also Jeanette. Actually, no. she's very sweet. She hasn't raised our rent in five years. So thank you. Well, Shout okay. Out. She Shout can out stay, Jeanette. I guess. If she, <laughs> Shout out Jeanette. If, if the system I'll, exists. I'll I, hesitate when it happens. But <laughs> thanks. I guess. <laughs> You don't. You know not what you represent. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Justin goes back to Detroit. He shows up, sees everybody's shit. He's like mad at everyone else. He doesn't even think like, oh, this man left his toothbrush on the floor. Right. I'm sure he'll be back for it. Right. <laughs> no, he won't. Which reminds me, I want to go back shortly, thinking about the the bedroom, and Justin Long assessing the damage. We did not talk about Bill Skarsgård putting on the duvet cover. <laughs> How did that make you feel? It made me feel kind of <laughs> horny and then sad. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, it was like a really cute moment. Like men th- doing domestic tasks. Yeah. Oh my god! Say yeah, no more. Yeah, that was like one thing where like I wanted him to mansplain that to me. <laughs> like that I, was useful. Um, I did, and I also didn't know that trick. True story. Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's how Casey does. <laughs> oh my god! Inspired. Oh my inspired god! Inspired husband. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was like that was definitely a rom com moment. Yes, um, I felt so, it. I felt it. I was like, that's cute. Like I, I was like, I don't want to like this character. I felt manipulated, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin's at the house. He decides that he needs to explore the house because he's going to measure it. And he wants to measure all the square inches of the house so he can 
get the most money for right. the property value. Yep. He yells at the property management company and then just naively goes down these stairs. Doesn't yep. mind the PP bed with a nope. camera. Doesn't nope, no mind all the dark stairs. Just keeps measuring because at all costs, he must get the most money possible. Yeah, I thought that was like one of the most like genius comedic moments in the whole film was like when he sees that like a horrible room and then cuts to upstairs him googling if that square footage can be added to the property value like that is in so many ways comedic gold like on one level because like he doesn't have the same reaction that Tess does clearly like there's two very different perspectives no, the, the first thing that he freaks out about is the breastfeeding like yeah. him trying to like that's the first time he he doesn't right. Right. All of the evidence of sexual violence that has yeah. taken place. Yeah, the fucking not, cages. Like, he totally, has, like, he, oh. bl- he didn't blink an eye. Clueless. He absolutely clueless. Yeah. I think that he kind of does it to himself. So so he gets captured yes. and he meets Tess. And then we, we have our 80s flashback. Uh, um, so happy that Tess didn't. So happy that Tess was, like, the final girl. Like, I was so happy. Oh, my God. I was so relieved when she was still yes. there. I was like. Yes. And, and it makes a lot, and I think as the film progresses, it makes a lot of sense why she's still there. Yes, and even though totally. she's made a lot of questionable decisions in the pursuit of love, in the pursuit of connection, mm-hmm. she's made some dumbass decisions, IMHO, mm-hmm. and she survives because she always chooses love. But anyways, we we get to the 80s, there's Kurt Brownler is there, shout out Kurt Brownler, icon, he's the neighbor. He is a hilarious comedian. I'm obsessed with him. He's definitely of the same ilk as Zach Krager. And the fact that he's cast in this movie makes so much sense. Nice. Um, Our contrast and uh, color saturation is turned up to 13. Yeah, we're back in time. Yeah, yeah. the camera has this fisheye lens. I think, like, I don't know, the distortion of the past. We see Frank... And, I, yeah, he's, you know, going around. He's really helping us set the scene for the way this house was in the past. It makes the the house that exists all the more sinister because you see that not long ago it was a lot different. Yeah. And definitely, like, nod to gentrification. Definitely, like, or, like, you know, white flight. Yes, and absolutely. NIMBY shit. And we see Frank getting ready for birth. The mysticism of childbirth. Yeah, wow. He he says he's going to have a home birth. And I feel like there's... I, I'm One of the other reasons I was excited to talk to you about this film in particular was kind of this little piece of it was like the sexual health of... <laughs> and like the education about childbirth the way all these things in our public education system are so distorted slash like not talked about at all i felt like there was a lot of underlying subtext to that scene where he's going through the grocery store getting materials for a home birth right and also like the fact that he was confident enough to think that he could do that like and he did but like just like one like the 
sociopath thing of like having the confidence and following through with something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. But like also just like being a a dude and just being like, yeah, I've, I've got this, (laughs) you know? But yeah, I, I can give birth. Any woman can do (laughs) it. I can can do do it. it. I can do it. It's nothing. But yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some elements of that sprinkled in there as well of the like ignorance of sexual health and like the short sightedness of him to think that a video was going to be enough oh, to nurture can... a child. And I like... mean, I guess that was never what he, he his intent was. You know, it was never about the about the children it was about like what the children could provide to him later yes i don't know i'm hmm. he he brings it out in me i just want to like pick every single little you really do yeah 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 i for love sure. it it's so no, it's... i love it too i like i said before like i don't think there are really many coincidences in filmmaking and in like for directors so could well, be anything we cut back to Tess and Justin. This relationship is interesting. I think, like, why do you think Tess gives a fuck about him? Because <laughs> she comes back and rescues him and, like, goes to the cot. Like, she escapes the house. Well, okay, here's here's one thing that I thought about before. In her conversation with Bill, she's talking about her past relationship. And she just says, like, I just need to stop going back. Bro. Do you remember li- that? Yes, now I do. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> listen and that's to yourself. Her problem throughout the entire film is that she's, she's like kind of like in ways too good. You know, like she wants to help. She wants to fix. She wants to, or maybe she, she doesn't. Better everyone. Maybe situation. she feels like she has to. I don't know if she wants to. Like, but that's definitely what she's doing. Well, isn't that so similar to the the. Compulsory Mother, motherhood and like, yeah. We're we're trained to do this. Yes, we're absolutely. It's in like it's what we're yeah trained to do. Like you said, we're yeah yeah. That's obviously put in there for a reason. She goes back every single time. She goes back mm-hmm. for Keith. She goes back for AJ until she doesn't. Until she realizes she and well until. Mother fixes well, it for her. Justin Long <laughs> proves her wrong. Right. And then, I mean, I don't know what she would have done if Mother hadn't beautifully crushed our boy. Yeah. Crushing of the baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. Men are so unable to touch down on the reality of women's <laughs> lives. <laughs> yeah. Or anyone who's not a man. You know, while Tess is like off doing her thing, like you mentioned, Justin Long finds Frank the patriarch of the Barbary yeah. house. Justin Long's reaction to him is so much less like, like it, he like cares for him instead of being f- afraid of him. Right. He's not afraid when he comes across him. He thinks he's being kept there by the mother. Yes. He always assumes. He assumes that the mother is the villain and you know, like she's definitely like a monster of he she's Frankenstein's monster essentially yes. for Frank like she has more humanity than he does but Justin Long automatically assumes that Frank is being held prisoner there and not that he is the perpetrator and even even after he sees the tape right even after 
like, you know, he's come to this point of like seeing that he's maybe the barbarian. He's a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit. Yeah, and, and he took <laughs> he took the easy way out because someone found him and someone he was going to uh to be caught. He didn't want to to like face the consequences of his actions, like of all the horrors that he caused. And you can tell like like the mother is afraid of him. Like she won't go near his room. Yeah. I mean, because she's also the daughter. Yes. Yeah. It's, and he's, um, he's her abuser, like, and, and her creator. So like, it's really, really interesting. But you also kind of get the sense that it's like the cage with an open door. Like she, she gets out. She yeah. leaves, but, but she, she always comes, comes back. back. Yeah. Where else is she going to go? Like, right. Well, t- I mean, co- <laughs> the cops, as Tess has <laughs> exemplified, don't give a fuck. Yeah. And they just think she's a crackhead. I mean, and what, and would, they, what would they do with mother? Like, I mean, yeah. they'd probably kill her. Yeah, exactly. Because they're cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that was like, I've talked to a bunch of people too, or like, that's like one of the like realist depictions of like cops, <laughs> like, because they're so fucking unhelpful. It's also like, the one thing that I'm thinking about is that like the trauma that she's endured. Yeah. And even the trauma of her life, like her, like the fact that she's like a child of incest and abuse. And she's just like the human embodiment of women being oppressed by men. Yeah. She's also like so strong because of it. Like she's so powerful. Like superhumanly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. She survives getting hit by a car and falling. And and, like, she saves Tess whenever she and Justin Long are getting away. Yeah. Justin Long pushes her and the mother jumps after her and like is protecting her. Uh, I'll never forget. Go get your baby. (laughs) <laughs> go get your baby go get oh, your baby oh he's such smack a your bitch. fucking face oh. i know but i love you justin long just your character oh like that's all but yeah that that whole like last five minutes is fantastic i remember he yells there's nowhere to fucking go like yeah the society we've created there's just like he's trying to go up like up the water tower uh-huh. and like it's just, it's a false sense of protection, and I don't know. He's such a dumbass. He is. And He's a fucking dumbass, and, like, clearly has not learned anything over the course of this, like, traumatic time. And, like, yeah, just has, I mean, he can't even yeah. admit the wrong that he's done. Yeah, he can't admit what he's done. Like, he admits what he's done, but he doesn't see any wrong in it. Like, he doesn't see his actions as being violent and and he but he does because he says at the end that he's hurt people and that he again that he wants to like find a way to fix it or make amends or whatever and then he's given an opportunity to kind of do so with Tess after he's like shot her but that's just like another thing that happens that is like oh that's interesting Tess and AJ are talking to their friend Andre who lives in a abandoned building down the street. And Andre is telling them, like, sort of the rules of the horror movie that we've been playing in. 
And just as he says, we're safe here, Mother crashes through the wall and destroys the one safe place that they had. Yeah. After he had just said that she had never... In year, for years, come into his safe space that he one time opened up to try to do something right. As, like, probably one of the last, like, the last people living in that dilapidated neighborhood. Yeah, besides Frank, yeah. Yeah, before it becomes, like, a new jazz landmark in the new gentrification of Brightmore. They create a little town around it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like what, that's what's going to happen. I feel like we're going to have, I would love to see that. uh, I would love to see the prequel of this film as like an actual horror movie. Like probably I feel like he would do a good job of. Or the, or the documentary that the, the woman who's interviewing Tess. Yes. The reason why Tess is there. Yes, absolutely. That would be a very like, Pearl X moment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think I would love, I mean, I just would love to see more of his films, you know, more of his creations. He's fabulous. I love him. What do you think the significance of the mother posting, poking out Justin Long's eyes is other than it fucking is gruesome. (laughs) Other than it's like one of the like best like ways to get people to squirm in a horror film. He's what, blind what you, to the problem. Yeah, I mean that's definitely he. I think he dies like still not understanding that he's the bad guy. You know, like he dies not understanding that he has really not rap like grasping that he's done something wrong and that he does need to like make amends and like fix himself which he won't get to do because he dies but like I don't think he has that clarity I don't think he really has that clarity even during his speech no definitely not because he's like he's still fucking up yeah (laughs) oh my god well what do you think Tess what what do you think happens to Tess after Um, the movie we see her just walking away I think she probably, I don't know if she ends up working on that film. (laughs) I think she's probably had enough of Detroit. And she probably wants to go to a different city. Yeah, she's good on that. I would love to to see her (laughs) spinoff. I would love to see the test spinoff. Or she deals with her. Yeah, where she deals with the trauma of like not being believed that like that whole experience happened to her. Because I'm sure that that occurs. <laughs> I was just thinking about each of these characters sort of as like, yeah, they're all imperfectly navigating the, this horror film. Yeah. And in this way that like everyone in this movie is looking for love or control. Right. And is confusing the two sort of in reference to what Tess keeps saying about the guy who... Things yeah. love and control are the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, they all represent, like, a different problem of our our generation, I guess, with, like... Yeah, different imbalance. Yeah, yeah, different, different issues that are occurring. But I don't know necessarily specifically about, like... I mean, definitely there's a lot to be said about parenthood 
in the film. Like I said before, compulsory motherhood, I think, is something that I think about a lot as someone who, like, wants to remain child-free. Yes, totally. And, like, like doing it because you feel like you have to and it's just what women do. Yeah. Or, like, what people with vulvas do. Like, that's just what you're made for. Like... You have a womb, you have to use it. Right. It's like like anyone with a womb, that's like your purpose in life is what compulsory motherhood is. Like that's that whole feeling. So like for me, that really hit home with that character of the mother who like she knows nothing else but that video, that breastfeeding video, you know, like that has probably played for her entire life. That's and that's like what she does because that's what she knows that's like what women's function is like that's what kind of every man sees as tess's function like they right they're all like suckling at her energy in some way right they're just such good characters and they're so like perfectly imperfect they're perfectly imperfect and they're encapsulating so much good shit and this like deeply watchable fun yeah fucked up little movie it's like yes yeah it is deeply watchable and it benefits from repeat viewings, I think, like... For sure. Here's another thing. The marketing of this movie. They did, what? like, some paranormal activity shit in the marketing. Okay. <laughs> they also... Everyone said it was really scary, and I didn't think it was scary at all. Well, it had some really good jump scares. Yeah. Like, I thought that some of the... Ju- that the jump scares... Like, every jump scare I thought was really fucking good. Like, it was... They were all right. very effective. But the scare is not what made it. No, what it is. not it not even what made it watchable. Like it was just like it was just so. This cast was perfect. Like, yeah, it couldn't have been better cast. The writing was so like every. It was just like for me, it was gold star. Like all ten the way out of down ten. Yeah, super like, thoughtful, super fun. It's, it's what I want in in modern horror. You know, like I Absolutely. want people to like not take it. It doesn't need to be, like, something that is taken so seriously, which is despite, also... Despite my soapboxes. No, I mean, no, like, we can, No, that's not what I mean at no, all. No, no, I, mean, I know, like, I know. But I mean, it's like, like when you people don't have watch, to do that to get something out of it. Right, I mean, well, what I mean is, like, I want people to not take themselves so seriously when they watch horror. You know, like, I yeah. want people to, like, have fun with it, which is yeah. why I love when comedians make horror films because they know exactly how to not take themselves so seriously but to also make statements and like do subversive things well because it makes watching the subversion so much more watchable i think especially watching it as someone who's like you know they're playing a lot around with a lot of like female fear yeah and it's a male filmmaker but it feels like he's doing it like from an educated place like it's like not half-hearted it's making sexual violence watchable and funny (laughs) it's making the it's making the discussion palatable almost i feel Um, but like providing lots of different little comments on it right that are nuanced and not like i don't know like not trivializing right right It's, it's funny that justin long is like Oh my god, like you fucking raped women. And it's like a f- Right. Yeah. You're one to talk, motherfucker. Like right. Yeah. It's like And I mean, and also it's not ha-ha like funny, but you know what I mean? 
Yeah, and and also, like, the way when he's talking to his lawyers and stuff where he, like, keeps saying that. Basically, he's saying that he's going to win. He's going to beat the allegations. But, like, the way he says it every time is so violent because he's like, I'm going to bury her. Like, I'm going to ruin her. Like, all of these very violent, like, terminologies that is, like, And how is that different from what Frank's doing? Right. So, again, like all on the same spectrum of, of violence. Yeah. I mean, of course, varying, varying levels, but yeah, they're all, they're all there. They're all, they're all there. So yeah, I loved it. And I am so, so excited to see what else he does in the realm of horror because it's just so exciting. It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It's a breath of fresh air. Like again, just like Jordan Peele. Yeah. What are other movies you would put in a film (laughs) festival with us? Oh my god! Oh god! In a film festival with this, or if like, what are other movies that elicit the same excitement for new horror? You know, one other one that I really love, like very, very not similar to this film, but in terms of new horror, one cut of the dead. Have you seen I haven't that? seen this film. Okay, Tell me about it. I think it's on Shutter. Plug. I think it's a Shutter film, actually. Um, oh, great! It's a zombie movie within a zombie movie, Amazing. and it's like fabulously made, very different, like very unexpected. So because it's very different and very unexpected, I feel like it goes goes in there again. One that doesn't take itself too seriously. I think, like, maybe this playlist would be, like, less about, like, theme thematically similar and mm-hmm. more just, like, fresh horror. Have you seen that Knife Plus Heart? No. Also on Shudder. Also fantastic. Shudder. Shudder. Just love you, Shudder, so much. But, yeah, that one is... That's, a that's like, a modern giallo film. Like, like... Amazing. Uh, and it's about it's set in late 70s Paris and it focuses on a gay porn production company that is being targeted by a serial killer who is killing oh my God. like gay yes. men that he hooks up with. It's you- incredible. And the director, Jan, Jan Gonzalez, his brother is M83, the musician, and M83, he, like, did all did of this, the music. I'm sure. Yeah. Fantastic. So fucking good. So good. Yeah. So I love those. There's, I'm sure there's more. Like, obviously, we're all going to the World's Fair that we talked about earlier. Fresh. And, like, not necessarily, like, there are horror elements, and it was marketed as a horror film, just like, you know, Barbarian I- was. I mean, but... And it wasn't a horror film. It had some horror elements, but it was more psychological, I think. Than I that. wasn't mad at it. No, not at I all. I was like, I was like. Yeah, not at all. Like, I think some people were, but I definitely was not. Wrong, frankly. They're frankly. Yeah, they are. They are. They're totally wrong. That movie's fantastic. So It was so good going in ready to be scared. Yes. And then there like, were creepy as hell moments, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it it emphasized those. Yes, Definitely. So, so yeah, I, I think there's probably a couple. I'll have to think more about it for, for you for later. We'll make a playlist. Yeah, yeah. A letterbox be, list. Yeah, a list. I'll totally make a list. What else do you, is there anything else about this movie we haven't covered? No, I mean, I think we really covered everything. 
We picked it. We picked we picked it apart. We picked the patch. Oh, it was great though. And I'm so glad I got to talk to you about it because like it was so exciting and like Dude. You're my, real, you really like, are one of my favorite people to talk about horror movies. I know, gonna, I know. Like, I'll come back me, if you want. Like, me, I was just going to say, me thinks you're going to be a regular guest. Okay, good. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. You have so many good movies on your list. Oh, my God. Dude, so do many you have any ones. other favorites from The Horrors of Love? Uh, let me look, actually. I mean, Audition. Yes. The Brood. Yes. I know, I know The Brood's, like, one of your favorites. Possessor, I saw recently and loved Baby Cronenberg. Um, yeah, Baby Cronenberg. And he has another he, one coming out. They just announced ah! it. It looks good as well. Yeah, it looks really good. The Mis- other Scar Misery. Turn. Oh, my God. Misery. Ugh. Oh, my God. I, yes. Also, like, weirdly, one of my favorite movies to put on when I'm just, like, bored. <laughs> okay. But, like, it's just, it's good atmosphere. Also, it's, like, really, it's that time of year. Like, right now, there's, like, a layer of snow on the ground in upstate, <laughs> like, in the Hudson Valley right now. And it feels it's, like I could watch Misery right now. It's giving James Caan. Yes, it really. Uh, is he dead? R.I.P. Yeah, I think he died. What? No, is he dead? R.I.P. <laughs> oh, the fly. Oh my god. Of course. Oh my raw, god. Totally so raw. So good. I haven't seen Cam yet, but I really want to. Oh, Titan. I, I loved Titan. And oh um, my god. So Julia. Oh my god. Yeah. Lost her. So yeah. James Caan is dead. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Also, Creep. Creep. I really liked Creep. Creep. Love Creep 2. Ready for Creep 3. We we just saw Creep 2 and we really, really liked it. I honestly Um, like it better than the first one. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. (laughs) You know, what about, what about Slither? Have you seen Slither? Slither should go on this list, I think. Dude, I literally haven't seen it since high school. You know James Gunn directed that? The guy who did the Guardians of the Galaxy? (laughs) Wait. That's, well, he's directed a couple horror movies. Yeah, hasn't but I, he? I think that I think That's Slither like, was his first film. Maybe I might be totally wrong. Let's see. I'm looking. No, no, no. no it wasn't. But uh, it's definitely oh, it, it going. Was his, it was his directorial debut. Slither. We're adding it to the list. And Teeth. Do I have Teeth on teeth. there? I, I don't think you do. But Teeth is another one that should go. I on feel that like list. those two are like that's like yeah. a that's a double feature right there. Yeah, teeth for sure. Slither. Um, and like also on a date when I was like fifteen, I made my long distance boyfriend watch Teeth with me over Skype. That <laughs> is such a flex, bitch. <laughs> that's literally who you are. Shout though. out. He's having a baby. In a couple months, I'm happy for him. Like one of my only exes that I'm like friendly with. Aww. (laughs) Bella, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for doing this with me. You are an angel. Um, Thank you so so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to The Horrors of Love. I'm Jeanette Wall, your host. Music is Big Big Baby by King Hannah. Our editor is Yasmin Miftal. And you can find us on Instagram at, at Horrors of Love. See you next time. <laughs>